Today I want to look at the life, thank you guys, I want to look at the life of Mary. Um, if you study the Bible, you might be saying, uh, which one? Because there's actually, there's actually six Marys in the New Testament. It can get very confusing. If you're a Catholic, there's actually seven, but, but we won't talk about that. But, but, it, but if you're a Protestant, there's, there's actually six Marys in the New Testament, and it gets very difficult to distinguish and to know sometimes which Mary... Uh, you're talking about. Uh, but today I want to talk about Mary of Bethany. Mary of Bethany. Uh, this is something that's been going in, in and out of my heart in my meditation for probably most of the summer, and I feel like God really wants me to release this word now that I believe is really setting the table for the rest of, of this year and where we're going as a ministry. Um, today I want to talk about the shift that is needed. The shift that is needed. You know, for many people, they define success by the American dream. Uh, fame and fortune, riches and position by stuff. But uh, Jesus doesn't define success that way. Actually, in the Bible, Jesus defines success in the life of a woman whose name is Mary of Bethany. Uh, in Mark chapter 14, I'm going to read this, just one verse as we get going, and I've decided to take my cue from Rob. We're going to read a lot of Bible today. Mark chapter 14, verse 9. Here's our opening text today. Jesus said, truly I say to you, whoever or wherever the gospel is preached in the entire world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. Let me read this out of the Passion Translation. It says, uh, Jesus says, I promise you that as, as, as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. This is absolutely powerful. I've, I've read that, and I've read that. I've actually taught about this, I think, in last, last, last December, and I just can't get past that statement that Jesus would make that, 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 that what this woman has done, her story is to be part of the, the gospel message. Jesus wants what Mary did to be remembered, not... Not only that, but Jesus says what Mary did would be a part of the gospel message that we preach to the whole world. I'm actually doing that today, what Jesus said we would, we would do. Now, this is amazing. Think about it. Mary is not one of the disciples uh, that would preach the gospel in the book of Acts. Uh, we don't hear of her performing any mighty miracles in scriptures. We, we don't see her preaching to the multitudes. She's not one of the authors of the Bible. Uh, but she is a part of the gospel message that is to be preached from generation to generation. Uh, so apparently, this woman's life is very significant. There must be something about Mary's life, who she is, and what she did uh, that, hugely, that is hugely important. What could it be? kind of been on this journey. What, what, what could it be about Mary that, that would cause Jesus to say that her life is to be remembered and told? Now, Mary of Bethany 
this might surprise you, is only mentioned three times in the New Testament. But what is significant is that every time that she is mentioned in the Bible, we find her at the feet of Jesus. We find her at the feet of Jesus, which is significant because to sit at the feet of someone was an expression used in ancient biblical times to indicate, listen to this, to indicate the intimate relationship between a disciple and a rabbi. Again, we see her every time we see her in scriptures, we're going to see it in just a moment. She's at the feet of Jesus. And and, and to make somebody your, your rabbi meant you were choosing to be impacted and to learn everything that you could from that intimate relationship. A rabbi is, is someone who teaches the Word of God. In Bible times, to sit around someone's feet meant that you were in a position, so important, a position of devotion and worship to somebody. So to be at the feet of Jesus is to signify your position of devotion and worship. To be at the feet of Jesus is simply a picture of your heart's posture uh, that expresses your love, your adoration, your surrender, and your yes to, to God. That, that's the picture of Mary, Mary here. It expresses your priority, your commitment, your loyalty, your passion, your hunger, your, your desire to, to know God, your desire to, to hear His instructions and His ways and His plans. That, that is the picture. That's the picture of Mary of Bethany. She was a woman that was captivated by Jesus. She was captivated by uh, He was her rabbi. He was her Lord. He was her Savior. And he was not just a little add-on at the end of the week. He was her everything. She always is at the feet of Jesus expressing and demonstrating her love for his value in, 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 in her life. That, that's the picture. That's the overall picture when you think of Mary of Bethany. I, I believe this is the shift that is needed. This is the shift. If you're going to see things shift for the better in your life, I, I believe it's crucial that this shift happens in your life. We, we need to be a people. We need to be a church that positions themselves at the feet of Jesus. This, this, isn't, this, this isn't physically, this is positionally. He, he's not here. We can't get to the feet of Jesus, but you can positionally get to the, the feet of Jesus. You can have a disposition that everything in life is all about Him. Whether I'm, I'm cooking dinner, it's still all about him. When I'm on vacation, it's all about. When I'm watching the Niners, it's all about. When I'm going to work, I have a disposition that is still all about, about him. I believe. Catch this as I'm just giving some foundational remarks today. I truly believe that the church is in a great transition I believe, it's more, I believe it's more than just a reset. I believe it's a hard reset. 
You know, you can reset your device, but then you can go all the way back and do what they call a hard reset, and everything gets wiped out. I believe the church is in, I believe the church in America is in a hard, God is clearing the table. He's clearing the table, and he's going to redefine what he calls the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm, mm, mm. For those that are hearing the cry of heaven, I believe with all my heart a shift is happening, a shift of priorities, a priority to make it all about Jesus, to, to, to know him. I loved what Andrew was saying. That's why this church exists, to, to know him. This is who we are, that we might know him. That's, that's why we, ex- not, not to get another, if you came here to get three points and some thoughts and a principle, you, you, you've missed out on what God is all, you, you've bought into the American church. It's about, to, it's about a, a relationship. It's about an experience. When, 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 when the Bible says to know him, it's not talking about more data. We got enough data to make us go crazy. We need an experience. We need to be touched by the master himself. If you're sick, you don't need data. You need a healing. If you're poor, you don't need a pat on the back. Come on. You need provision in your life. Paul understood this. Paul, Paul understood this. The apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, Paul, Paul who did mighty miracles, Paul, Paul who brought revival to whole regions, did great things for, the, for God. He says at the end of all of it, you know what he says? The only thing that really matters in my life, Paul, the apostle Paul, he says, is to know him, is to experience him, to, to be at his feet and make life about him. He has it's my, yeah, it's, it's in fact, John's gospel tells us to, to, to know God is eternal life. To, to, to experience God, to have relationship with God is eternal life. Eternal life is not in heaven. Eternal life starts the moment you start experiencing God. When you experience the love and the care and the, and, and the healing and the hope from God, you, start, you don't have to go to heaven to have eternal life. You can have heaven right now. But it's a posture. It's a disposition. It's an attitude. It's a heart. I want to take a look quickly at the three mentions of Mary in the Bible that you might not have considered because her life, according to Jesus, is a picture of success, a picture of success. Your house is not the picture of success. Your your cute family is not the picture of success. According to Jesus, this life is a picture of success, and then Luke chapter 10, this first mention, I'm going to spend a little bit more time. Don't get nervous. And then we'll be much quicker on the other two mentions. But I still got 10 minutes, so let me get into this. Luke 10, 38. Most of us are familiar with the first mention of Mary in the Bible, Mary of Bethany. Verse 38, the Lord and his disciples were traveling along and came to a village. And when they got there, a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus or Jesus' feet. She was listening to what he said, and Martha was worried, like most of the church. 
about all that had to be done. And finally, she went to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it bother you that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? <laughs> Tell her to come and help me. Isn't it interesting when people are bothered, they want you to be bothered with them? When people are frustrated, they want you to be frustrated. I can't get no amens here. Can I have somebody help me preach today? And here is a worried, bothered woman that needed to go to sessions. Hello. And neglected sessions, and now she's all worried, and she wants, she wants Jesus to get in and help her to make sure that, that, that Martha, or excuse me, that Mary is as bothered as her. You tell her, Lord. The Lord answered, Martha. <laughs> Martha. Every time I read that, I kind of laugh, you know, because, because you, you know what it is for your parents to call you your name twice, right? Now, now back home in, in the day when I was growing up, you know, as long as my mom would say, Randy, uh, it's dinner time, I knew everything was good. I, I knew I had another hour. But, but if I ever heard Randall Charles hand, I knew we in trouble. It's time to get in the, in the house. Martha, Martha, uh, you're, 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 you're in trouble here, Martha. You are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. Only one thing. Don't miss that. I know you, you don't believe that, but according to Jesus, the master, your savior, the one you get teared up about, he said there's only one thing that is needed, so I don't know who's right, him or you. He said only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is best, and it will not be taken away from her. It won't be, it can't be taken away from her because it's eternal. It, it, it can't be taken away because this is what success looks like. Uh, the Passion Translation of the same verse says this, Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted. She is undistracted. See, see Mary is the picture of the undistracted life that we all should be aiming at. She's undistracted and won't take this, and I won't take this privilege from her. Jesus says that there's only one thing that is needed. Not ten, not nine, not eight, not seven, six, five, four. Jesus says there's only one thing that is needed, and Mary has chosen it. Mary chose it. What, what did Mary choose? Mary chose the feet of Jesus. Now, now we're not talking about, about physically at the feet of Jesus. We're talking about a posture positionally at the feet of Jesus, where He is your, your, your everything, the position of the heart that says, He is my devotion. He is my worship. He is my surrender. He is my... He is my he is my yes. Mary's choice was saying there is nothing in the world 
that is more important than Jesus. Not my service, not my work, hmm, not my comfort, not my fame, not my fortune, not my family, not my relationships. I've got to be nice here because I could, I could go down bunny trails all day long on this. I believe there's a hard reset happening to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is looking for preachers to stand in the pulpit and draw the line and begin to define what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is all about. Are you here? Mary's choice was saying there's nothing more important in this world. Nothing. Not my goals and not even my football. Stay with me because you can enjoy your football and you can enjoy your nice house. In fact, God wants to give you one. You can enjoy your flourishing business because that's God's purpose for your life. But your life is not about your flourishing business. Your, li your life is not about your stuff. Only one thing matters. For Mary, she is captivated by Jesus. For Mary, there's just no other place that she wants to be. For, for Mary, it just didn't make sense to do anything else in her life. For Mary, she wasn't willing to do life without Jesus. And we have to beg people to come back to church. The Bible says that Mary chose, in other words, she made the decision which means it just didn't happen. Mary had to be intentional about choosing, this is what I want. This is what is important to me. This is what is good for me. In other words, it will not happen because you get up in the morning, your, 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 your position and your posture to, to worship and give adoration is a choice on your part that nobody can make but yourself. She made the choice. We'll find out that Martha made her own choice. But Mary made the choice to sit at the feet of her master, of her Savior, to give her her all and her worship. Oh. And Jesus responds to it by saying it's the right choice. In fact, he says it's the best choice. Why? Because it can't be taken from her. It has eternal impact. And like I said later or earlier, that's what Jesus calls success. So just be honest with yourself. Maybe what I call success is not what Jesus calls success. So now I have a decision to make. Do I want his success or do I want my American dream? Let's look at the great contrast of this. It, it gets better, by the way. Martha represents the distracted life who has chosen all the wrong things. She's so distracted with wrong priorities, which led to a life of frustration, full of anxiety and, 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 and worry. In other words, Martha allowed the busy, busyness of life to steal her life. She allowed the busyness of life to steal 
her life. Martha would be that person that says, I really love the Lord, but the truth is I'm just kind of busy. I don't have time to spend with Him. Why? Because she was distracted with good things, not bad things. She's, she's actually serving Jesus. She, she's not doing any bad thing. She's just distracted with good things that kept her busy from the most important thing. Uh, she was trying to serve Jesus and neglected to spend time with Jesus. Notice that, that Jesus valued Mary's attention. I'm here, hear this. There's answers in this message today. There's hope for this church in this message today. Jesus valued Mary's attention more than he did Martha's service. Wow. I'm going to say that again. Jesus, according to this verse here, this story, he valued Mary's attention. We got to get this right. We got to get first things first. He valued Mary's attention more than he does Martha's service. You see, Jesus is not looking for a sandwich. He's looking for your heart. He's not looking for your service. He's looking for your adoration. He doesn't, he's not, he, he's not looking for you just to show up and do this in church. He's looking for a heart that's engaged, that's making the most of the moment. If you are enduring this moment, you are most miserable. You should have stayed at home. This moment is not about this. This moment is about at the feet of Jesus. You're my everything. You see, anything that you have before God is your God. Anything that you have before God is your God. I know that's tough, but I needed to hear it because I'm making adjustments. That means your work. That means your activity. That means your relationships. Did you know that you can actually cheat on God with the things that God has given you? God blesses you, and he never sees you again. Can't get an amen in. I wish I could just get one crazy person to shout yes, amen. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me push through this just a little bit because I believe this is important. God, 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 I, I believe God wants me to slow down on this first mention, and then we'll do the others quickly. The, the church at Ephesus was in the same condition that we read about here in Martha's life. You know, when you read about the church at Ephesus, Jesus talks about seven churches in the book of Revelations. And he outlines the condition of all churches. In fact, you can read the book of Ephesians and, and read about that church. And what's interesting in Revelations chapter 2, Jesus begins by telling uh, this church that I know your works. Uh, and, and, and then he goes through this it just boggles your mind. He goes through this, this amazing resume of what this church was actually doing. Jesus says, I know that you're patient. I know that you have sound doctrine. You don't put up with 
false doctrine. He says, I know you have great dis... Jesus knew this about the church at Ephesus there. It'd be like him saying, I know this about the church of celebration, the, the, the local church. He's talking about local churches, and he picks seven churches out, and he gives the condition of those churches, and the church at Ephesus, he just, he just begins to give this impressive resume. He says, I, I, I know that you have great disciplines. I know, I know that you, you, you're hard workers. You're not lazy. I know you stand against sin. You stand for morality. We would all say, man, that's an absolute absolute awesome, awesome church. They look like spiritual marines. They're a heavy-duty church. They look like they had it all together. But notice what Jesus said concerning them in verse 4 of Revelations chapter 2. But I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love, the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. Think about how hard Think about that, that you have. Remember when you first got saved. Remember when God transformed your life. Remember that love you first had with him. But then time and season and family and kids and work, and now it's not first anymore. And Jesus says, I have, you're doing good things, but I have this against you. You, you, have, you, have, uh, you have abandoned the first love that you had at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent, which simply means just change your mind and do the what? The works of love you did at first. I don't care if you've been serving 40 years serving God. You need to go back to that first love. It is the one thing that God is looking to for. Jesus says to them, but there is just one thing missing. You've got a great resume. You, you have forgotten me. You have neglected me. I'm not first in your life. Why, why do I even mention this? Take the time to mention this. Because this was a church, and the church was being a church without Jesus. It's, it's absolutely possible for you to be a part of a church that doesn't even have God in it. You could be going week in and week out and, and God really not be a part of it and you're doing great activity and great duties and great programs and you're, you're, you're intellectually stimulating people but Jesus is standing off and saying, you're not even making it about me. I'm not even there. You don't even love me. You love your activity that makes you, fear, that makes you feel spiritual. And Jesus says to them, if you want me, because he starts off by saying, he says, he says, if you don't repent and change, he says, I'm going to remove your lampstand. That's huge. Because it starts off in Revelation chapter 2 that there's seven lampstands representing the seven churches. And if Jesus says, Jesus says, I'm walking in the midst of those lampstands, the healers walking in the midst of the lampstand, the providers walking in the midst of the lampstand. But he says, if you don't change your mind and fall back in love with me and make it about me, he says, I'm going to remove the lampstand. In other words, I'm not going to walk in the middle of what you're doing. Wow. What is amazing to me is that the only thing that you can give God that he doesn't already have is your love. I want that to go deep. The only thing God doesn't have that you can actually give him is your affection, your love, your adoration. It's amazing that, that love himself is so often not loved. 
Where do we go from here? It gets better. You see, because this story is not, because I don't want to leave you confused, and I, and, and I understand that there's things that Martha needs to do and Mary needs and, and so how do, we, how do we reconcile this whole story out? Well, this isn't a story about Mary versus Martha. Jesus said this is supposed to be preached, so I have my, my, my job of preaching. See, see, this isn't a story about Mary versus Martha. This is a story about priorities. It's not about Mary versus Martha. It's about Mary before Martha. It's about devotion and worship before you do anything else. It's, it's, it's not that other things are not important. It's just that, that they're not to be the most important. The truth is Mary and Martha both served. The truth is, if you read the translation right, uh, Martha and Mary both would sit at Jesus' feet at times. So, so, so they're, they're doing it all, but it was only Mary that made the feet of Jesus her priority. She made it the most important thing, what Jesus called the one thing. So important for us to learn the lesson from Mary because it's the one thing that empowers you to do every other thing. I'll never forget Years ago in starting this church, I said, God, I just can't do this. I am wore out by all the work. I just don't know that I can handle this. I don't know. I don't know that I can do this. I'll never forget praying. He says, son, you always will have an anointing to do the many things if you'll focus on the one thing. There is an anointing and there is an ability and there is a helper do, to do everything that you have to do upon this earth, to raise a family, to build a business, to work your job, everything that you have to There is a grace and an anointing to do it undistracted if you'll do the one thing. There's a distracted life and there's an undistracted life, and you choose the life you want. I believe this is the shift that God is looking for in the church. A people that will say, we will do the one thing. If it's at Jesus' feet, here we are. I surrender all. It's all about you. It's not about our programs. It's not about cute church. We're putting the feet of Jesus in our children. We're putting the feet of Jesus in our youth. We're putting the feet of Jesus in our services. We're giving Jesus our all. That's who we are, to know, to know Him. The answer to all your needs has always been choose the one thing. Didn't Jesus say it Himself in Matthew 6? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Pursue after the kingdom. If you get the one thing, then you get all the other things. Some of you think you're so blessed, but how blessed could you really be? <laughs> I uh, kind of... Wrecked my front of my truck the other day. I didn't, didn't tell very many people, but I hit something that I don't, didn't know I hit. I just, I just, just, I just, I did. And I'm thinking, well, I got to fix this before my wife sees it. So, so I ordered all the parts. It's a whole, it's a whole grill. It's a whole front end of a truck. It's like, what in the, I'm a preacher. I'm not an auto mechanic. I'm just like a, and I get this and it comes as a big old box and, 
and I'm going, I, I can do this. I, I can do this. I haven't always been a preacher. I can, I can do this. And so I start taking all these parts out, and all I'm needing is a grill, but I didn't realize to change the grill, you've got to change the whole front end of the truck. And I'm putting the pieces down, and, and there's the instructions, and I throw them that way, and, and I'm doing the man thing. <sighs> and it looked really easy, and so I just started undoing bolts and things, and I'm, I'm having, and I got things scattered, and then I, I start putting all the new stuff off. I take off the old and put on, and, and, and I, I, literally, you'd be shocked, I, the whole new front of the truck I, I had to put on. And I get all done, and the electrical wouldn't work because I wasn't capable of plugging in something that, 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 that I was supposed to plug in, but I didn't know I was supposed to plug it in. And so I got the instructions out. And in the very top of the instructions, it says, first thing to do to unplug a little connector, to unplug it because once it's all put back together, you can't get to the connector. The first thing you do is you unplug the connector and leave the little pigtails where they can be grabbed. Well, I didn't get the instruction. I didn't get the instructions that there's one thing that's going to help every other thing. And I've come to tell you today, there is one thing that changes every other thing. If you're sick today, Tom, you can come. I'm not done, by the way. We still got worship and offering communion and healing, but we got a little Jesus feet moment coming. Or we can go back to doing 15 services, get you out of here in 45 minutes, make you feel like you're a real Christian. You know, I'm getting a little older, getting ready to stand before God, going to give account for my life the thousands and thousands of people that we led. The Bible says in that day there will be people stand before him. Jesus will look at him and says, I don't even know you. Yeah, but Lord, we went to church and we cast out devils and we did this and we did that. Yeah, you're, you're that church at Ephesus. Depart from me. The worst thing any preacher could do is to lie the people. You don't have to do any of this, but at least you know what to do. True success in the life of the believer is at the feet of Jesus. It's a disposition that says, you have my all. You have my yes. You have my worship. You have my devotion. And I'm telling you, if we'll do that, that's the hard reset that God is looking for. And if we'll do that, you know what? We're going to start seeing the things that we've, that we've prayed about and we've cried about and that we've longed about. Why isn't it working? Because it never works our way. It works God's way. You want the power? You want the demonstration? You want the involvement? Then God's got to be a part of it. He's not, he's not your gumball machine. Just give you a few gumballs when you need. He wants to be loved. It's the only thing you can give him that he doesn't have. He wants your worship. He wants your adoration. 
It's the reason why he created humanity so that he could walk in the cool of the day and have fellowship with his creation. If you're sick today, it's only one thing that's needed. If you're discouraged today, it's not 10 things you need, it's only one thing. If you're in need today, there's only one thing that is needed. Come on, he's the healer, he's the deliverer, he's the answer for everything that you have need of. So, so in this first mention of Mary, and whew, this first mention of Mary, Jesus said her life would be preached and so, so the first lesson to be preached that we could get from Mary's life would be this. There is only, there is one thing that changes everything. There is one thing. That, that's what we're going to preach about Mary. That, that's what we're declaring today. There, there's one thing, not, not ten things, not eight things. There's one thing that changes everything. I'm going to do part two later on. There's two more mentions of Mary, but I think, I think we received enough today. I, I, think, I think the next two are quicker, but the first one's the strongest. But let me just give you the cliff notes here. The next time you see Mary... Martha, their son, their, excuse me, their brother had died, Lazarus. Martha comes out and she starts debating with Jesus. Mary comes and throws her, her life at the feet of Jesus. Says the same thing that Martha said, Lord, if you would have been here. In fact, it's the only words that we have recorded of Mary. If you would have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. So, some of you are there today. Martha's disposition was to blame God. Mary's was to come and say, God, I don't get this, but I worship you. I worship you. In fact, What's crazy about that story is, is Martha goes running out to meet Jesus because he's four days late and their brother has died. And they're thinking, well, if you would have been here, our brother wouldn't die. And now he's four days dead. And, 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 and Mary says, Martha says to Jesus, but you, you can still do something. And, and Jesus says, and she says, you know, I am the resurrection life and, and all this debate and doctrine. And, 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 and Martha goes, yeah, I know he'll, he'll be raised back to life in the end, in the resurrection of the dead. When, when you come back, he said, no, 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 no. Martha, I, I am. I am. And she is clueless and debating and blaming and arguing and stating. You've got to read the context and the story. And, and finally, Jesus i never seen this before, but finally Jesus just says, hey, can, can you go get Mary? It's not recorded from Jesus' standpoint, but when Jesus says, you're looking at resurrection, the Bible says that, that, that Martha ran off to Mary, and the first thing she says to Mary, 
Jesus is looking for you. She comes with the same why that Martha had, but Martha wanted to debate her why with Jesus, and Mary fell to the feet and worshiped with her why. In other words, I don't understand it, Lord, but that's okay. You still got my surrender. You still got my worship. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to, oh, come on. The reason why I wanted to mention that is because I feel like some of you are in that that season of four days dead. It's like it's, this is over, and it's like it's too late, and and uh, and you know what happened? At the feet of Jesus, it was her devotion and her her worship that moved Jesus. The Bible says Jesus began to weep. Why Mary began to worship. Catch that. Your Jesus wept because of a heart of worship. And he looks at Mary and says, where have you put him? And he goes to the grave and he says, roll away the stone. And finally, Martha's found her way back. And she's not believing for a miracle. She said, no, don't move the stone. He stinks. Roll away the stone. And here comes Lazarus. Bouncing out. Grave clothes on. Bible says, loose him and let him go. He who was dead, four days dead, life came back. I'm here to tell you, your passionate worship at the feet of Jesus opens the door to the supernatural power of God. Does anybody need miracles in this place? Come on, does anybody need any miracles in this place? I may never preach this. I got to give you the, just let me give you the last one. We're done. <laughs> the last mention of Mary is, is like just a couple days before Jesus would die upon the cross. Simon the leper is there, but he's been healed of leprosy. Uh, uh, Lazarus is there who had been dead four days. All the disciples are there. They're at Simon's house. And, and, and yeah, you guessed it. Martha's serving. She's working. Think about the conversation that had to be. See, Jesus would lose, leave Jerusalem because all the craziness going on, and he would find a refuge in, in their home there in, in Bethany. And he's, he's there, and we got a miracle of, 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 of Simon there. We got, we got Lazarus who's been dead, and we got all the disciples, and, 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 and Martha's bringing them drinks, and, and, and it's. And can you imagine the conversation? Hey, hey, Lazarus, what was it like to be dead four days? Tell us what that was like. Simon, tell us what it was like when you were healed of leprosy, when your fingers were falling off, when your earlobes were falling. Tell us what that was like when the master healed your body. And I could just hear the disciples, that, that's nothing. We were with him the other day, and we actually seen the, the fish and the bread multiplied in our own hands and they're all talking about the miracles but Mary she goes and she falls at the feet of Jesus and she takes this this perfume the most valuable thing she has and they call an alabaster box and she breaks it and she pours it out all over 
Jesus. His whole body, his feet, she's at the feet. They're talking about the miracles. They're trying to get a book deal. They're, they're talking about all the great things that happened and how, how Lazarus was, was dead for days and how they rolled away the stone. And, and she's breaking her, 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 her most valuable treasure. They, the scholars believe that that was her inheritance. It was actually worth a year's wage. And she breaks it and she pours it all over Jesus. And they looked at that and they said, oh, what a waste namely one person because he had been stealing the money of the church Jesus rebuked them all because anything that you ever give to Jesus is never considered a waste you can never give too much I don't care if it's an hour and a half two hours I don't care if we're here three hours it's never a waste to break your box at the feet of Jesus Here's the wrap-up. Worship team, come on out, because I want to sing that song. Here's what's amazing to me, and I need to go back through this and work work some of the details, because there's so much that you, you catch when you read the story. But Jesus rebukes them. In fact, what's amazing is in every story that you see of Mary of Bethany, Jesus actually defends Mary of Bethany. Every story. Religious people didn't like Mary of Bethany. Church-going people didn't like Mary. She's messing our church up. She's messing our structure up. She's messing our programs up. Jesus says, leave her alone. She's the only one in this room that realizes I'm going to die on the cross and give my life for the sins of humanity. And what she is doing is preparing me for that moment. Do you know just three or four days later, he would die up on a cross for our sins? And what is he smelling? He's smelling the perfume, Mary of Bethany, of her worship as he's dying for your sins and my sins. Oh! Coming back to the heart of worship. Coming back to the heart of coming back to the feet of coming back to what this really, really means. Maybe that's why we're not seeing the Lazarus raised back to life. Maybe that's why we're not seeing the signs, wonders, and miracles. Maybe that's why we're not seeing the joy and the peace and the laughter in the church. Programs won't do it, but the feet of Jesus will change everything. It's a heart, it's an attitude that says, God. You have my yes. You, you, you before anything else. You before anything else. And don't kid yourself. Us preachers can do the same thing you do. Make your business, I can make my church more important than God himself. But we're coming back. There's a shift happening. There's a shift of priorities that says we can't do this without Jesus. We need him walking in the midst. We need the signs of wonders and miracles. I'm not laying my hands on another person without seeing them healed and delivered and set free. And we can't get healing without the healer. And while they're talking about the miracle worker, she's worshiping. While they're talking about the miracles, she's worshiping the miracle worker. And uh, Jesus says, leave her alone. Here's the disciples that in just a few days would be a part of the the New Testament church, the churches that we're a part of. They would be the preachers. (laughs) 
God's so good. They're going to be the preachers. They're going to be the ones that are establishing churches, and they're going to be the ones that are going to lay hands and miracles and this and that and this and that. And, and Mary doesn't write a book. Mary doesn't start a church. Mary doesn't, she's not a teacher. She doesn't have an intercessory group. She, she's, we don't, in fact, there's nothing ever said anymore about Mary of Bethany. But this is what Jesus said. You're going to go preach and you're going to preach the gospel. And when you preach the gospel, what this woman has done, her story will be a part of your message from this point forward. She became the message. She became the message. What was my third point? Guys, put that, put, go ahead, put the second one. Number two is worship both through the door of supernatural. Third, don't settle for just preaching the message. Become the message. I'm, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I know you've been sitting a long time, but just one service. Got nothing else to do. You won't offend me if you have to go. There's a shift going on in this church. There, there's a shift going on in this church. I refuse to do religious activity the rest of my life. I don't want to waste people's time. But I certainly don't want to waste God's time. The message that we all have been entrusted to preach the gospel message, according to Jesus, includes Mary of Bethany. Why? Because her life is the clearest picture of a transformed life that has encountered the love of Jesus. If you want to know what your life is supposed to look like, the clarity is in the picture of Mary of Bethany. She's the clearest picture of the transformation of a woman that gave her yes to Jesus. And Jesus transformed her life to the degree that he says, okay, guys, go preach her. Go, go preach about her in the gospel message. I'm here to tell you, this is the shift that's needed. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 